Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the honorable mayor of Manchester, Ted Gatson. Arch time is 25 minutes after the hour, and we're pleased to be in studio with Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis this morning, brought to us by the Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester. The mayor has been endorsed by the Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester, who encourage you to visit their website, ConcernedTaxpayersOfManchester.com, to see his answers to their questionnaire, Joyce Craig's non-answers to the questionnaire, and also encourage you to take a look at the races around the city where they've weighed in, including Manchester Ward 2, where they're strongly supporting incumbent school board member Deborah Langton and have put their weight behind Bob O'Sullivan in the race for aldermen see their answers to the questions as well as the mayors at concerned taxpayers of manchester.com that's concerned taxpayers of manchester.com good morning your honor good morning richard how are you i'm doing great as always a sign waving this morning a little brisk a little brisk well there was there was a a fair amount of frost out there this morning i had to scrape my windshield no it was exciting we had uh, quite a few people out there waving with us and uh we started at seven and ended at eight and we're here now to, to do your show. Here now to do the show. Well, I appreciate that you're coming in to do that, Your Honor. As if and for no other reason than you get yourself in out of the cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the car with the heater going, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Your Honor, um, you know, the city has just uh, come through the storm. I don't know how many, uh, how many residents here in the Queen City lost power, but it seems the city recovered uh, pretty quickly. What what damage was done? What's left to be done in the cleanup? And what do you make of all of this? In my never to be humble opinion, at the risk of prejudicing your answer, the absolutely absurd criticisms that people are firing at uh, Superintendent Vargas for the so called late call on canceling school. Well, I can only tell you that uh, you know Dr. Vargas called me at five thirty. Um, you know he uh, was questioning uh, what we were going to do. And I said, it's totally up to you, and you know you need to make that decision. Uh, there were other school districts that were surrounding the city that were closing, and we always find that uh, when that happens, we have a very difficult time finding substitutes for the teachers that don't come in. Right. Teachers in surrounding towns tend not to come in when the weather is disfavorable. So he called I back say at— teachers uh, who live in surrounding Yeah, towns. he called back at, uh, at 6.15 and told me that— uh, that he was going to call school off. I said, that fi- that's fine. And he said, we had four schools without power, which was Beach, Southside, Jewett, and Memorial. And he said, because Beach Street is the commissary to all the elementary schools, um, he was going to call school off. And I said, that's fine. And Do you uh, know what time he actually notified the media? Because I didn't find out about it until a member of our large and loyal listening audience sent me a Nixle alert. I don't know when... They got the Nixle alert, but I know I didn't get it till around 7 o'clock. Well, I can tell you that I, I even had a parent that called me Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, yesterday, to say that uh, she didn't hear anything on Nixle. So I don't know if the Nixle had a problem because I know that uh, the communications between fire and police were having a problem because something happened to the antenna up on, uh, at the dairy field. Um, but again, I, I you know, certainly... Um, <clears throat> He needs to be cognizant of uh, parents because I guess there were some kids on buses uh, that were already 
heading to school, and the bus drivers were very, very good about uh, bringing them back, bringing them back, and making sure that uh, parents were called to tell them that uh, the, the children were returning. So uh, the damage done to the city, uh, do you know how many uh, residents uh, lost uh, power during this uh, during this outage and what still needs to be done to kind of clean up and put things back together? Well, I, I, I got an email this morning from somebody up on Hermit Road that still doesn't have power, mm-hmm. uh, which is down in South Manchester. So I don't know how many I called public service to find out how many folks we still had in the city that were down. I'm still waiting to hear back from them. Um, but it seems that... Um, I would say that we're probably 95% or better in a good position in the city um, versus where we were a few days ago. Did the, um, as someone's just sending me this, um, looks like it went out over Nixle at about 7.03. Was the, uh, the but I'm just, I've got to call that person back today and tell her that she needs, I just told her uh, yesterday that she needed to check her Nixle because she said she was not notified. So, Certainly, I told her to check with the with the right. school district to find out if she. Well, was... communications in a situation like that are often uh, are, are often difficult. And did, so, did the city um, kind of get caught by surprise by the severity of the storm, or had the emergency operations center been operated? No, and... we didn't open it up. I, you know, there's there's certainly if uh, the the fire chief would have called me and thought uh, if we needed to open it, we would have. I certainly would have called for it to be open. It seemed as though you know I was out at about three thirty in the morning driving around. Um, the flood problems that we had down on Maple Street. There was somebody there from uh, the Department of Public Works that were watching the um, mm. the sewer drains and clearing them. I saw Dave Scannell uh, when I was going by. I also went down a commercial street to check on what was happening there. At the time, as I was driving through the city, and I drove, uh, you know, a good part of the city, you know, where there's some branches down, not big limbs, but yeah, there was there were there were tree limbs, tree branches in the streets and. We were having some wind and some water. Um, I got back and uh, I got back home probably at five thirty when I got the call from uh, Doctor Vargas. So uh, all I could see was that yeah, there was wind blowing, but it didn't appear that uh, that we needed to open the EOC. Gotcha. All right. So the city uh, largely recovered from uh, from what took place. So let's um, let's move on a bit to. Um, a question that I have on labor union contracts. This seems to be uh, uh, shaping up. Where are where is the city with uh, its exclusive of the schools for the minute? Where is the city with its labor uh, negotiations? How many contracts are either expired or are going to expire um, in the next fiscal year? Right before the end of this fiscal year, uh, and and well, what, they've all all expired as of. This fiscal year. So at June the 30th, they're all over. Well, they were all over July 1st. Right, but aren't they operating under extensions? N- no, the only, the only, uh, no they, the only places that have extensions or have contracts is the police and the police supervisors. Uh, police su- uh, support staff has a, an agreement that uh, is coming forward uh, in two weeks. So all the one-year extension deals have... Those have all ended. There's they've no, all ended. Correct. There's no extensions in place for anything. All right. So where does the city go from here? What, what, what in your opinion, as the mayor of the city of Manchester, do, do the contracts, how do they need to change in order to make sure the city can sustain the services it needs to sustain, expand the ones it needs to expand, and make sure we, we don't have this what I think is mythical attrition or loss of our personnel to other communities. 
Well, I think the first thing, you know, we've hired um, an outside uh, legal counsel to do the negotiations, the same group that uh, Matt Upton Upton that's doing them for um, the school district. I think what's most important... Is that because we don't have a negotiator again? We don't have a negotiator again. And I think what's most important is that as a group, we sit down and come up with a plan going forward so that he can negotiate. Um, I don't think there's any concrete things that people are talking about or have participated in, um, you know, that we say things in non-public and then all of a sudden we come out in public and things change. Right. Now, I know non-public, you can't take votes, but you take consensus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that we've got to come up with a plan on, okay, let's get HR, get the finance officer in. Let's see what something is going to cost us. Because, uh, you know, we have a lot of dedicated, loyal employees that work hard. Mm -hmm. And we need to find a way to come up with a conclusion and a fix on what we can do to make sure that we support them going forward. Gotcha. And I know on the school side, the school board has basically said there are going to be no discussions with any union until uh, the new board is seated, being so close to the election. Um, Pretty much the same posture on the uh, aldermanic side, or is there anything currently um, under negotiation or in discussion um, that may or may not be affected by the election of new members to the board. You know, again, that that really comes down to um, all the negotiations are left up to Matt Upton. I don't know if he's meeting with unions or not. Um, I have no idea. I'm not part of that group of three that uh, the aldermen that are on that uh, union negotiating So there is a a negotiating committee? Yeah, there's three aldermen that are there. I, I can't tell you... Um, if they're doing anything or not. Is it Long, Hirschman, and? I don't know who the third one is. Because yeah, that would be a special committee appointed by the Correct. board chair. Yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, we need to have a plan in place and, and move forward. I think that uh, a lot depends on if we can talk to employees to get onto the HSA. That's going to make a significant difference in our health care. Um, Deductible is something that's going to make uh, a significant difference in in our costs. Mm -hmm. So something has to happen and something needs to move forward so that we can come up and say, okay, you know, I know that uh, folks have talked about taking the Jager Decker steps and for new hires, reducing what they they enter into. Have you actually negotiated at least one or two contracts? Two contracts and, you know, that's... uh, that was back a few years ago, and when I couldn't get the board support on the contracts for the, it was a matter of fact, it was the police support staff, right? And the uh, board at the time, it was an election. It was an election year. It was an election. So year. it was this in 2015. It was, and and folks didn't. Uh, they thought the contract didn't pay high enough. Uh, no, no, I don't think that was it. I just don't think that they wanted it to, to they, be the mayor's you, contract that negotiated through to reduce the Yagadecker plan. You, you mean politics inter, uh, interfered with the decision-making process? You know, so in other words, reason, you're saying that you didn't pay enough. Uh, they didn't get a big enough raise because you negotiated. And that was only for incoming employees to change correct. the salary scale. And you get the union to agree to that. Correct. And the aldermen rejected it, including aldermen who are now saying that we need to, or candidates for mayor, who now say we need to revisit the Yager-Decker pay scale, but when they had the opportunity to do it, didn't. That is correct. Oh. All right. Now that that's clear. <laughs> and then they, then, and I, at that point I said, 
no reason for me to continue to negotiate because I had a tentative agreement with folks uh, to, to get exactly what the board was looking for, and the board rejected it. And that's, if you remember, that's when I stepped down from the negotiating. And there are some people who would say I was a quitter. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It wasn't about quitting. It was about understanding that if somebody tells you, here are your marching orders, bring back something that we can agree to, and you bring it back, mm-hmm. and the vote doesn't support it, uh, then there's no sense in you continuing uh, to waste your time or the employees' times that sit at the table to negotiate a deal. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that Dr. Vargas on the school side has had uh, a number of those experiences where he's done exactly what the board's asked him to do. I just hope that uh, he doesn't um, walk away from the district because he feels like he's wasting his time. All right, we're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we'll continue with Manchester Mayor Ted Gatz. It's brought to us by Jacques Flower Shop here in scenic Pennardville. Get to Jacques Flowers at 712 Mast Road and see what's left of the Garden Center. Not much, but still a good time. One of the better times of the year to put your plantings in the ground, your trees, your shrubs, your bulbs, everything. When the spring hits, those roots will take root really quickly. Besides, Jacques, always a place that can make any occasion special and any special occasion better with a gift from them. 625-5155 on the phone. Stay tuned. 